It's time for Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the show focusing on fishing, hunting, outdoor recreation, destinations, and conservation in the region where you live and play. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lure Company, Sportsman's Warehouse, and Wallowa County. And now, let's see what's going on in the field and on the water with your host, John Cruz. I'll tell you what, SHOT Show in Las Vegas was something else this year. The shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show is the largest of its type in the world, but attendance was definitely down both from exhibitors and from attendees. I'd say there was, oh, 10 to 20% less exhibitors and probably a third less attendees, but... The bright side of all this was the crowded halls weren't so crowded and I got to talk to some people I would normally never get to talk to during SHOT Show. That includes two company presidents you're going to hear from today. One of them, C.J. Buck, the CEO of Buck Knives, based in Post Falls, Idaho, but known the world over for the great knives they make. And they're celebrating a big anniversary of one of their very well-known knives, and they've got some brand new fillet knives that CJ will tell you about, too. The other president we'll talk to today is also based in Idaho, Glenn Eberly with Eberly Stock, and he's got a fascinating backstory. He was actually an Olympic biathlon athlete, competed in the 1984 Olympics, came up with a replacement rifle stock used by the Olympic team for years, joined the Air Force, flew F-4 Phantoms and A-10 Warthogs, left the military, flew commercial airlines for a while, and then launched Eberly Stock, which is known for premium hunting packs, clothing, and more. As for what I enjoyed doing during SHOT Show, well, the day at the range, that was all sorts of fun. I actually got to shoot a Kalishnikov-style shotgun with a five-round magazine at Clay Pigeons. Never would have thought a weapon designed primarily for personal defense would break Clay Pigeons with ease like this one did. That was just fun. And that shotgun's from the JTS group. We'll talk about that on our sister show. That, of course, is America Outdoors Radio. The other thing I really enjoyed was a test track they had set out at the range for electric bikes. I took one out from Quiet Cat, had an absolute blast tackling the sand, the rocks, and the hills, and doing it all with ease. And again, even though attendance was down... It was just nice to be back in a trade show setting, and by and large, the industry is doing very well. Just about every company I spoke with came out of the pandemic just fine. The only issues they're having is meeting all the demand that they've had from new people getting involved in the outdoors and the shooting sports and hunting. And as much as we could fill up the whole show with SHOT Show, we've got to tell you about another show. That would be the Washington Sportsman Show. It's kicking off on Wednesday the 2nd, runs through Sunday the 6th, at the fairgrounds in Puyallup, Washington. Trey Karskadin with O'Loughlin Trade Shows is going to preview this big show, the biggest one in Washington. Washington State. I'm going to be there and I think it's going to be all sorts of fun. And sticking with sportsman shows, the folks at Max Lure are going to be at both the Washington Sportsman Show and the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland. And Bob Loomis will tell you what their pro staffers will be doing there. Throw in your Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week and disturbing news about a poaching case in eastern Oregon. And we've got a lot coming your way, both show-related and otherwise. And with that, let's get things going. And we'll do it the same way we do every week, with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight, brought to you every week by the Ag Information Network of the West. Getting a bear named Hugo, David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. 
Executive chef and avid hunter, Randy King, along with a hunting buddy, were going for a bear hunt in the mountainous territory in Idaho. They had been out for two or three days following a bear that they called Houdini because he would disappear every time that they got within shooting distance. And then their luck changed in that they ran across another bear that they called Hugo. So here's Randy. He's in the right spot. We knew there were bears all around us. And he just happened to be in range in a visible location and unable to get away from my buddy's 30-06. So we pulled a nice a nice bear out of there. It was amazing. It was one of the first bears I'd seen in the spring that ever still had actual marbling in it. Bears go to bed very, very fat, right? And when they get up in the spring, they're usually pretty lean. This bear still had a couple of inches of rump fat on him. And we took it and we rendered that down into some, basically you make Crisco or like a very clean cooking oil out of it. We rendered off this bear. We only used about half of it and we still got a couple quarts worth of bear fat off a spring bear, which is amazing. So he was a big fat bear. It was great to get him. You got to remember that Randy is an executive chef, so he knows a whole lot about preparing and consuming the animals that he harvests. Pretty honorable. Hope you enjoyed Sportsman Spotlight. I'm David Sparks. See you next time. You know, for most people, the Christmas season is busy for a couple weeks out of the year. But when you grow Christmas trees for a living, you're busy all year long. That's why it's good to know you can confidently cross one thing off your to-do list by choosing Mission Herbicides. Mission gives Christmas tree producers a powerful new tool for effective broad-spectrum weed control. Applied either pre-emergence or post-emergence, Mission provides long-lasting control of even the tough weeds like wild carrot, Carolina geranium, and prickly lettuce, even the glyphosate-resistant populations. And because Mission is labeled for both ground and aerial application methods, producers can control tough grass, broadleaf, and sedge weeds without sacrificing convenience. So this year, trust Mission Herbicide to provide you the year-round weed control you need to stay ahead. Mission Herbicide is exclusively available from Helena Agri-Enterprises and Tencos member companies. Always read and follow label directions. back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and we continue to broadcast from SHOT Show in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I've got a real treat for you. I mean a real treat. I have been wanting to interview this man for years, and I got the chance today. His name is C.J. Buck. He is the CEO of Buck Knives, located in Post Falls, Idaho, and we've got a lot to talk about. C.J., welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, John. So let's start off with the fact that you're the fourth generation Buck member to run this company. And and in a day and age where whether it's a business or a farm, it's really hard to go from generation to generation anymore. Tell us a little bit about the history of Buck Knives. Okay, well, history starts with my great-grandfather. So Hoyt Heath Buck, H.H. Buck, back in 1902 as a teenager, apprenticing in a blacksmith shop and making knives on the side. So his contribution to the family was bringing home a a paycheck, as well as doing these knives on the side. He would pick up files that were worn out. He would reheat, treat them, soften them, and anneal them, basically, and make knives out of them. So that was a way of contributing to the family. In the process of doing that, he just picked up an intuitive feeling for heat treat, metal performance, 
I could talk to you for an hour about heat treat because it's it's near and dear to me. We do our own heat treat in house, but he made knives that performed with uh, the proper ductility, hard enough to hold an edge, soft enough to take a beating, so ductile enough to take a beating, which knives tend to do. They are tools, and then balance that with some decent corrosion resistance, and and in the process with design shape the ergonomics, the handle, you know, make tools that were truly functional for people. That was the founding. Fast forward to 1990, well, 1978, you started working for the company. 1999, you became CEO. Was this one of these things that was just an expectation growing up that you would work for the company? Oh, yeah. Now, my mother tells a story, which I don't remember, but it's first grade. It was shadow your kid to school, first grade, and and all the kids in first grade were standing up to say they were going to be the firemen or the police or just exactly what you'd expect, a bunch of first graders. Somebody's going to be an astronaut. So it became my turn, and my mother said in a fairly dejected tone, well, my grandpa runs a knife company, my dad's going to run a knife company, and I guess someday I will too. And that was... (laughs) was, (laughs) That is a great story. I've got to tell you, my first real knife that I ever owned is the one I am holding right now, the 110 Folding Hunter. And I fell in love with this from Buck Knives when I got it. We're talking back in the 70s here. Yeah, no, that, so that knife was introduced in 1964, and I was jokingly telling someone else that it's a classic. It is. And the difference between an antique and a classic is a classic is still functional. And so this knife just hit, it hit the marketplace. It was a dependable lockback folder so it was a folder is much safer to carry in case you fall on it right so if you're on a ladder as an electrician if you're on a horse as a hunter if you're just a hiker that takes a tumble having a folding knife on your hip is much safer to land on than a fixed blade knife on your hip so while a folder is maybe a little less safe to use because it might fold or it might not lock properly a fixed blade is safer to use but more dangerous to carry so the 110 being a very dependable lockback really set the industry on its head in 1964. And folks, I am sure you have seen these knives before. It's got that classic gold and, and brown wood look. It's just a beautiful thing. But we need to talk about something else. We're celebrating a 50-year anniversary here, aren't we? Yes, sir. So the, the 112 Ranger, which is a slightly smaller version of the 110, we introduced in 1972. And basically, the story my grandfather told was there was a a physical altercation on one of the Navy ships in San Diego. So we were located in San Diego. And so the Navy made a new rule that a folding knife on board ship could not have a blade. It had to be smaller than three inches. So the 110 was four inches. So my grandfather introduced a knife with a two and seven-eighths inch blade. I love this. This is good stuff. Is the Ranger your best-selling knife? Is that why we're celebrating the 50 years in terms of just overall sales over time? No, the, the 110 Folding Hunter is is by far the, the best-seller. The 112 is very popular with people with smaller hands. It's just a smaller version. So it's basically the same brass bolster construction. It's real ebony handles, 420HC blade steel, which is our standard core blade steel. Excellent corrosion resistance. Decent ductility, decent edge retention, fantastic corrosion resistance. And and these are things that, from a knife design standpoint, you're always balancing those three things. If you want to take really good care of your knives, you can have something that has less corrosion resistance and better edge retention. If maintenance just isn't your thing and you just want something to be there when you need it, 
Corrosion resistance might be a better attribute that you chase versus needing the best possible edge retention. So there's always these balances that you're doing, and the 420HC is a steel we've been using for almost 20 years. You're listening to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. We're talking to C.J. Buck, the CEO of Buck Knives, located in Post Falls, Idaho. You know, years ago, I took a tour of your facility, which is wonderful, and I'm guessing with COVID, those had to go by the wayside. Are those going to be happening again? Yeah, the tours are open again. Oh, that is great to hear. And folks, if you're ever in Post Falls, it is definitely worth a visit to go to Buck Knives and take the tour. You're going to learn a whole lot more than you're hearing in this 10-minute interview. Let's turn to something you've got that is brand new this year. Very exciting. You're in the fillet knife business now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So so what we've done is we've designed a whole series of fillet knives, fixed and folders, small fish. I'm going to call them small game. I was going to. But, uh, you know, just a small blade, small fillet, more of a trout panfish kind of fillet versus uh, some much larger saltwater fish, large halibut, salmon fillet knives, as well as some uh, bait knives. Interesting. And we've got them laid out right here before us. There's two colors. One is orange. I understand that's for the freshwater series. The other one is blue and gray, and that is for the saltwater series. And I'm holding what I think most people consider to be the standard fillet knife here. Most people just own one fillet knife. Why do you need multiple fillet knives? (laughs) You know, um, fillet knives are like fishing poles. So, oh, okay. Enough so said. Folks, enough the, said. The size of the fish and the circumstance <laughs> means you can make one work all the time, but you might not want to. You know, so a, a little bit larger blade, a little bit fatter blade, more flexibility in the blade, less flexibility in the blade may work better for you depending upon what it is you're, you're cutting up. You know, CJ, most of our listeners know I'm a very simple-minded man. I really like the way you dumbed down this interview to explain (laughs) things to me here. (laughs) So let's talk about the saltwater knives. These are pretty impressive here. And and talk about the the specific function of each one and, and how they differ from the freshwater knives. So let me start with the sheath. That the, uh, the, the sheath itself is just a plastic it's just a plastic sheath. There's a thumb ridge so you can hold the knife in your hand and with your thumb extricate it from the sheath. So, nice, very nice. So there's no strap. It's just kind of a pressure lock where the knife locks into the sheath. Uh, there's a lot of drainage in the sheath, so if there's water or moisture, there's lots of holes coming through because corrosion is still a, is still a big deal. When you're looking at fillet knives, like I said, you're looking at flex. If you want more flex or less, so when you're laying the knife on a table and you're filleting, uh, you oh, I just cut the table. But uh, uh, if, if you're laying the knife on the table, you want that knife to flex so that it lays flat for the smaller fish because that's more important. I mean, every ounce of, of flesh off of a small trout is, is critical and important compared to you get into a larger saltwater fish you're really going for a more efficient stroke rather than trying to save every ounce of meat. So the less flexibility gives you more cutting power on a larger fish fillet going through some larger bones, whereas these smaller freshwater fillets, I mean, you can see just how much flexibility that is. So you're just going to gonna lay flat on that fillet board, the cutting board. We are unfortunately running out of time. I'm loving this conversation, but we are, again, running out of time. But one other thing about the saltwater fillet knives, folks, great corrosion protection as well. If you want to find out more about buck knives, you already know they're probably the most popular knife in the Northwest. Just look for them at a sporting goods store near you. You're going to find them there. When are these fillet knives coming out? They'll be out this summer. 
Okay, look for these fillet knives this summer. These are definitely knives of beauty. You're going to love them and very useful for anybody who loves to go fishing. CJ, thanks so much for this great conversation today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Uh, thanks, John. Thanks for the opportunity. Great Outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. Yes, it's that time again. It's time for another Extended Max Minute brought to you every week by Max Lure. And once again with us is Bob Loomis. Bob, I understand you and I are heading to Portland and Puyallup very shortly. Yeah, pretty quick. So February 2nd through the 6th is the Washington Sportsman Show at the fairgrounds in Puyallup. I'm going to be there in my Northwestern Outdoors, America Outdoors Radio booth. You're going to be there in the Max Lure booth going to be there with you and uh what are you going to be doing oh we'll have uh britain will be there and i'll have a uh, probably three or four of our pro staff uh, working to booth and showing people you know products for the pacific northwest are you going to be selling any products there or is this more of just uh showing what you have and answering questions for anglers who have already purchased your product that's basically what we'll be doing we will not be selling and just showing product and uh sending people over to uh sport Co. There you go. And as I recall, you're set up pretty close to the Sport Co. booth too, aren't you? Yes, we are. Yeah. All right. So that's the Puyallup Show. And February 16th through the 20th is the huge Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show, second biggest in the entire nation, taking place at the Expo Center in Portland. You going to be doing the same thing there? Yep. Same thing. Same thing. Well, if you are a fan of Max Lure, and if you're listening to the show, I hope you are, be sure to stop by the Max Lure booth at the Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup or the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland. Go ahead and chat with Bob, chat with Britton Ransford, chat with the pro staffers that are there. They're there to answer your questions and help you catch more fish using Max Lure products. And after chatting with them, I bet you will too. Thanks as always, Bob. Thank you, John. Wedding rings? I've had as many as I've got fingers on my hands. I started off with the wedding ring classic, of course. That smooth blade from Indiana. That beaded body. The sharp hook. We caught a lot of trout together over the years, but then that patented smile blade wedding ring, well, let's just say it took my fancy, along with the trout and the kokanee. Now I'm going through this new age sort of phase. You might say I'm hooked on the new high UV colored wedding rings and I'm catching more fish than ever. So yeah, I've got a whole bunch of wedding rings. You should get some too. Don't look at the jewelry store though. These wedding ring spinners are from Max Lure and you'll find them at the sporting goods store near you or online at maxlure.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is the voice for your public lands, waters, and wildlife. From the Canadian Yukon to the Florida Everglades, we're stepping up to conserve North America's public lands, defend our hunting and fishing traditions, and expand access to the outdoors. Find out how you can get involved at backcountryhunters.org. 
You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We have another president of a very well-known outdoors company based in Idaho joining us on the floor of SHOT Show. It's Glenn Eberly, who founded Eberly Stock. Glenn, it's great to see you at SHOT Show again. Thanks, John. It's, it's good to be here, and I appreciate the time to talk to you. I want to have folks know a little bit about you. You have a fascinating story, and it started off with you as an Olympian. You were in the Winter Olympics in 1984. What did you compete in, and what came out of that Olympics? Well, it really started out with me being born. And, and, <laughs> but, but after that, um, yeah, I, I grew up on skis and, and lived in the mountains of Idaho and did all sorts of, of ski racing. But the one that really got my interest was a sport called biathlon where you ski and shoot and and i just had an affinity for it probably because it let me stop and rest once in a while in the middle of the ski race (laughs) but um but i was actually a good shot also and and developed that that kind of that neat balance of being able to you know run hard work hard and stop and shoot and uh, and that's where that's where that began and so yeah I, I, i became pretty good at that and then did go to the 1984 winter olympics you went there but you notice a shortcoming in the rifles that we as the American team were using, and you went and developed something entirely new, didn't you? I did, yes. So the Eberly Stock story started as the Eberly Stock Company, and, and that was me when I was in college. It was really a financially driven thing. I mean, I was on the U.S. national team, but I was a poor college kid, you know, could barely afford oatmeal and spaghetti. And the rifles that we were using were not only heavy, but they broke really easily. And so if we, you know, if skis were somewhat, sometimes kind of sketchy in the conditions, and, and you took a wreck once in a while, no matter how good of a skier you were, if you do that with one of those rifles on your back, you'd stand up and have a rifle broken into two pieces and your race is over. And, and that had happened to me enough times where I'm gluing the thing back together and pinning it back together that I realized that I had some woodworking skills and maybe I could make something that wouldn't break so easily. So I, I started down this road that ended up with me, as I was trying to develop things that were stronger, I thought, well, I, I think I can make this lighter. And ultimately took four pounds off the weight of the Olympic class biathlon rifle. And the difference was not just four pounds, but where that range was was eleven and a half pounds to seven and a half pounds. That's a really, really meaningful four pounds. I mean, yeah. So we could then ski so much faster. Let's talk about the next chapter. I had no idea that you served in the Air Force and that you were a pilot and that you flew that tank of a plane known as the A-10. Yeah, and, and before that, the F-4, which... You know, everybody oh, else, my you, gosh, the F-4? Yeah, I got a lot of time in the Phantom, and people always ask me, oh, hey, what'd you fly? And I tell them, and everyone goes, oh, the A-10. I'm like, yeah, that was super cool, but the Phantom. Now, if, if the Air Force still had Phantoms, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, because I'd still be flying the Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> when was this that you served in the Air Force? Uh, 1986 through 2000. I, I was in the, in the Air Force, and I had a blast. Loved being a fighter pilot, and, and it was a really good chapter of life. But one, that, it's interesting, the truth is, that came out after the biathlon story and along with the biathlon story I had this idea in my head of a, of a gear company that didn't exist I, I was a hunter and shooter and I was looking at in the sporting goods stores going now this is a bunch of crap in here you know and, and I thought of things that should be better and that and, and really wanted to build this company so I had this company building in my head while I was a military pilot then interestingly I became an airline pilot in the late 90s Went and flew for United Airlines for a while. And while doing that, I thought, oh, I have half my life to myself. I think I'll start that gear company. But I hadn't really, other than design concepts, I hadn't really done it until September 11th. And on that day, you know, we were pretty wounded as a company. And I realized that, you know, everything that, I, that my, was feeding my family could go away tomorrow. And then, yeah, that's when I started my company. I'll be darned. I never knew that whole chapter. That's absolutely amazing. I wish we had 20 minutes to talk, but we do have another five. And I kind of want to get into uh, the growth of your company, which I think is very well known for premium quality hunting packs. And 
the first one that you developed is still sold today, isn't it? Yes, we call the Just One Pack, and, and that name came from my head when I was like, well, I don't know, what, what do you call a hunting pack? And, and I thought, well, this is so cool, it does everything, so if you're going to own Just One Hunting Pack, this is the one, and that became the Just One. And that started in 2003, the first year I had that into market. And I learned a lot from it, the first version. The second version was much better. So 2004, we started making the kinds of packs that are still running around out there today, stuff that's really robust and can carry as much weight as the human can carry and perform reasonably well. Not only that, but a lot of your packs actually have scabbards for either bows or rifles, don't they? Right, yeah. We, yeah, we, we really pioneered the method of carrying both rifle and bow, not just so, so you can carry them on a pack, but so you can get the, the rifle or bow off your back while you're still wearing the pack, so for that kind of quick engagement. Um, and that is, you know, it's not that you're stalking game with it on, but, but certainly the ability to just change your layup in a, in a few moments is really key. And I've had a really fun conversation with snipers that discovered that thing that I'd done. And we started making military gear in the mid-2000s that really changed the way snipers and scouts go to war. And that was a huge chapter in our... In our Interesting. Yeah. You continue to be a fascinating man to me, Glenn Everly. <laughs> All right. Now, you've expanded beyond premium quality hunting packs. Something that I saw that you have out there is a modular harness system, not just for binoculars, but for a whole lot more. Yeah. So we actually have a number of, of binocular harnesses, and, and we were good at making them. But along the way now, the best part for my you know, progression as a company is I've hired some smart people and some good people and have a really good designer that's passionate about the next thing. And so he's developed, uh, his name's Nathaniel Tong, and he's developed a, a really cool modular harness system that starts with the baseline vinyl holder, really, I think, nicer than anything else out there. And then you can add components like rangefinder holders or po- pockets or hand warmers or other molly panels so you can put a, a holster on it and various things like that. And it's, it is a good piece. It's going to be really... A, a, and this is called the Recon, isn't it? Yeah, the Recon Bino system. It's going to be available this summer and it's going to be hot. Well, I've been looking at it here, folks. It's amazing. And I had never even thought of having hand warmers. But I mean, if you're a hunter and you need fingers they're gonna operate a bow or pull a trigger you definitely need some warm hands yeah and honestly that's one of those things where i'm like i'm glad i have some smart people working for me because i never would have made something with a hand warmer on it and you know i'm tougher than that but uh, but but these guys well, i'm not <laughs> no, I'm good. but actually it's really neat that uh, it's a, it's a smart piece and, and and easy to stick it onto the bottom of the thing and and you know build it out from there you also have apparel and, and that's actually, it kind of surprised me when I walked into the booth and it's like, oh yeah, Everly Stock does apparel too. Lots of camouflage apparel and it's for all seasons, isn't it? We now have a really good line. In fact, this year we'll kind of complete the full line of performance apparel. And it's always designed to perform in the field, you know, for our kind of customer base uh, to complement our packs and accessories, both in color and in function. And yeah, it's really good stuff. It's as good as anybody's making and we're really proud of it. Do you see any of your items being used by the fishing community, especially in the clothing side? Well, we have one piece that I've had more people tell me it's their favorite shirt than I can relate, and it's called the Bruno Hoodie. It's a UPF sun protective shirt that also, because it's a very tight weave, happens to then protect you from wind, so it's a really good wind sun barrier. It's also very flexible and just super lightweight and airy and comfortable. And, and that is a really, because of the, the hood to keep the sun off your neck and burning your ears, that's very popular with fishermen. You also had rain jacket and bibs. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, as a, you know, as a steelheader in the winter or as a bass fisherman on a stormy day, these would be nice to have too. Yeah, yeah. we have a couple of protective shells. One of them flexible is called the Trinity Peak. That's a really neat, breathable, four-way stretch fabric that's very special. But then a new piece that you're probably referring to that, again, will be coming out this summer are some lightweight, packable 
uh, tops and bottoms and uh, their range shells. Well, and you're right. Those will be used not just by anglers, but definitely by hikers as well. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of good lifestyle pieces that are not camouflage. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, we have to go. Again, we could talk a lot more. You're a fascinating man, Glenn, but you have built an incredible company over the last 20 years, and you do have a great crew. Not all of SHOT Show has been super busy, folks, but the Everly Stock booth has been rocking the entire week. Glenn, I wish you continued success, and thank you for sharing your story with our listeners today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Thanks, Don. It's been great to speak with you. Thank you very much. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafoods. That's the company that delivers delicious, wild-caught Alaskan seafood right to your door. Everything from Copper River sockeye salmon to halibut to sable fish and even king crab legs. Better still, they are offering a 10% discount to our listeners. If you want to take advantage of that, go to SenaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SenaSea.com, and put in the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO. Once you do that, you get 10% off your entire order. The website again, SenaSea.com, and the promo code for 10% off, Outdoors Radio. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio, and no, it's not all SHOT Show this week. We've got to tell you about a really big sportsman show coming up in western Washington. It's the Washington Sportsman Show. It's taking place February 2nd through the 6th. That's Wednesday through Sunday at the fairgrounds in Puyallup. With us here to tell you more about it is Trey Karskadin with O'Loughlin Trade Shows. Trey, are you as excited about this as I am? Well, you know, it's been two years, John, and we are excited to be opening the doors the 2nd through the 6th at Washington State Fair and Event Center in Puyallup. And we've got a, a really a, a wonderful lineup this year. Pretty uh, straightforward, hardcore fishing and hunting is what people can expect to find at this year's show. Just got back from SHOT Show in Las Vegas. Attendance was down by about a third. Some of the exhibitors weren't there either because of COVID concerns. What are you doing to address COVID concerns and assure people that they're going to be okay if they come out to the show? Great question. So the state of Washington mandates that you have to have a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within 72 hours of attending the event. We know from our experience in 2021 running shows in Oregon that the mask mandate kept people safe and we kept them distanced. And we didn't have a single reported case of COVID as a result of the measures that we took in Oregon. So with this additional layer of protection, people can feel comfortable shopping safely while they're at the show. And also, you know, if they don't have that or didn't bring it or whatever, we have on-site testing available with paid admission into the show for free. So there's no reason folks can't come out and enjoy themselves for the day at the uh, Washington Sportsman Show. You've got a whole bunch of new attractions and attractions that we've grown to love as well. They're going to be at the show to include some celebrities. And we got to start off with one of my favorites, Randy Newberg. 
He's a great guy, and he'll be there Thursday through Sunday doing daily Q&As at the show, and he'll also just be milling around. He's one of those guys that you can stop and have a one-on-one, and he loves doing it. He loves connecting with fellow hunters. You know, and as you know, he's a public lands advocate. He's done a lot for you know expanding access to public lands and creating new public lands opportunities. So uh, he's the real deal, and we worked with him last year. We really enjoy him. He's a favorite of ours. Yep, he's a longtime ambassador for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and no, he's not paid by him to do it. He just does it because he believes in conserving elk, and he's a great elk hunter, and he's all about do-it-yourself hunting on public lands. Turning to fishing, you've got some real rock stars coming, the Addicted Fishing Crew. Uh, they're going to have a little film festival, I understand. That's right. That's a ticketed paid event. That's a $14.99 ticket. They can get them online uh, through uh, the Sports Show website or through the Addicted Fishing website. It's limited to 350 people, and I think there's a few tickets left. That's Friday night from uh, 7 to 9.30, and they're previewing their movie, King's Return. And it's a full-on Addicted event, so that means the guys will all be there and giveaways and a ton of fun. And then on Saturday, we have... Life Stephanie, and he's the host of this wildly popular YouTube channel called Northwest Fishing Secrets. And uh, Life is just a great guy. Just got to know him this past year, and what you see on YouTube is how he really is. And he's the real deal, very nice guy, and two fun nights back-to-back. That'll be from 7 to 9 on Saturday night with Life. Tell me about the Outdoor Cooking Championship this year. So the Outdoor Cooking Championship that we have at the show is all days of the show, and it assembles some of the North America's top professional barbecuers and grillers, all competing for prize money and points that are used for national and international competition. And this thing has really exploded. This is third year of doing it, and uh, we've doubled the number of folks that are competing, and people, uh, guests coming to the show can literally stand right there and watch them do their thing. They're very interactive, so they can talk to them and learn from really the best of the best in outdoor cooking. And uh, there's a little something for everybody there. There's whole game. There's all kinds of wild game. There's Dutch oven cooking, chili, burgers, steaks, uh, brisket, all of it. And and you have an opportunity to, to learn from some of the very best in North America. Speaking of learning from the very best in North America at the Washington Sportsman Show, you've got all sorts of outdoor cooking seminars going on, and I know those are wildly popular. They are. Every day of the show, there's uh, not only the cooking seminars, but we've overhauled the seminar series with new speakers and topics. And, you know, there's quite a bit there for folks to take in every day. So uh, whether you're brand new to fishing or hunting, we have something for you. If you're a very experienced, seasoned outdoors person, there's a number of uh, experts that will be at the show delivering seminars that you'll want to be definitely take part in. Oh, you're absolutely right. I was looking at the the seminar lineup. You've got some of the best in the Northwest. On the fishing side of the house, we're talking Bob Kratzer for Steelhead, Shelby Ross for Walleye, Doug St. Denis for Bass and Coho. Lots of wisdom and experience that's going to be in the room that are going to share it all with you. And I understand Friday is Elk Day. Tell me about that. So all day Friday, all the hunting seminars are focused on elk. And we have, for instance, Brianna Zimmerman. She's from the area. She's relatively new to elk hunting, but she's been very successful. And so she's going to talk about how to get started. No better person to do it than her because she's not only, like I say, relatively new to it, but she's been successful. And she can share 
how she sizes up new public lands and kind of her process for getting ready for hunts and uh, practicing and then actually getting out there and being successful. And then you also have Randy Newberg will be that day doing a Q&A, but also Richie Herod uh, delivering seminars. We have a, another gentleman doing, you know, elk hunting in the heat. And then Brett Stoffel also will be delivering a piece on uh, you know, going out prepared. He's a survival expert. So all of our seminars that day are, are focused on better elk hunting, and the focus really is on the state of Washington. So uh, local hunters will want to definitely show up for that. And if you want to get even more motivated about hunting, check out the Head and Horns competition. In fact, bring your trophy and see how it stacks up against other ones there. And you've got a whole wall of trophies that's going to be on display, don't you? We do. That's called the Wall of Kings, and it's just jaw-dropping. It's these uh, collection of big game animals that the uh, folks that we work with have put together that are there's really nothing like it in the country, and you know it's been completely reorganized. So we're thrilled to have it out at this year's show and show it off. I think people will be understandably impressed. And last but not least, we need to mention the fact that in addition to all of this, there's going to be the hundreds of exhibitors you've come to expect. And bring your wallets full of cash, too, because you're going to have some retailers there. I'm presuming Sportco and Bymart will have some great deals again this year? They will. They will. And in addition to the retailers and all of the other uh, smaller retail you know, exhibitors at the show, we also have uh, Toyota is doing their Fistful of Cheaters promotion, which uh, is something where everyone wins. So we're working with BOMAC on that. And if you, uh, you grab a handful and if, if one of the cheaters in that handful has a Toyota logo on it, you win a great prize. And again, that's brought to us by Toyota. And uh, it's been fun working with BOMAC on that. And it's free. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and that's uh, very interesting because I always thought this was exclusive just to the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland. So wonderful to see that it is coming to Puyallup. Again, folks, we're talking about the Washington Sportsman Show. It's coming up this week. It kicks off Wednesday, February 2nd. And it's going to go through Sunday, February 6th. It's at the fairgrounds of Puyallup. I'm going to be there. Be sure to stop by my booth for a chance to win a Golden Boy lever action rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. One person at the show is going to win that. Don't have to be present to win. It doesn't cost a thing to enter. You can find out more about this show by going to thesportshows.com. Thesportshows.com. You'll find everything you need to know to attend this great event. Trey, thanks for telling us about this today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. My pleasure, John. Look forward to seeing you soon. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. 
Welcome back. Before we go any further, I have got to tell you about an appetizer I really enjoyed this past week, one that my wife got to enjoy too. It's Wild Prince William Sound smoked salmon, sockeye salmon, no less, from Cena Sea Seafoods. And it comes in a jar. I've actually never seen smoked salmon packaged this way before, but I love it. Doesn't require refrigeration. You can put several in your pantry. Also great for gifts, I might add. And when you open up that jar, you are going to find some absolutely delicious smoked salmon. It might be some of the best smoked salmon I've ever had. So I was noshing on a couple pieces right out of the jar. And then I thought, you know, I need to up my game a little bit for my wife when she gets home from work. So I went ahead and got some Ritz crackers, put a little cream cheese on there put some of that smoked salmon on the crackers and paired it with a slice of tomato absolutely delicious can't beat that as an appetizer well maybe you can but it sure worked for us and it'll work for you too no matter how you like to eat your smoked salmon you're going to absolutely love this just go to cenasea.com that's s-e-n-a-s-e-a cenasea.com order this smoked salmon in a jar and they will deliver it right to your door so you can enjoy it just like i did and when you order don't forget to use the promo code Outdoors Radio because when you do, you will get 10% off of your order. The website again is cnasea.com. The promo code again is Outdoors Radio. Order your smoked sockeye salmon in a jar now. You're going to love it as much as I did. From the Oregon State Police, we learned poachers left two pronghorn antelope dead and two more to suffer on the night of January 16th in a thrill kill near the eastern Oregon town of Crane. And the police need your help to solve this case. The incident occurred on Highway 78 near Milepost 33. A landowner there noticed two pronghorn antelope behaving strangely the morning of the 17th in his field along the highway. When he reached the does, he could see they were badly injured. So he contacted the Oregon State Police Fish and Wildlife Division and a trooper responded. When that trooper responded, he could tell right away the injuries were not survivable and he put those animals down so they wouldn't suffer anymore. That same trooper then found two additional does that had been killed during the same incident. It's believed one or more individuals shot the animals the evening of Sunday, January 16th or the early morning hours of the 18th. If you were in the area during this time and saw anyone out there or if you hear of anyone bragging about this, because these thrill killers, they often do, please call the turn-in poachers tip line. There's a reward of $1,000 cash or seven ODFW hunter preference points for information that leads to the arrest or citation in this case. And if you want, you can remain anonymous. Just text OSP, the number 677, OSP, the number 677, that's the turn in poachers tip line. Let's get these people behind bars and stop this sort of activity from occurring. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week. You probably didn't know this, but one of the largest freshwater springs in the entire nation just happens to be found in Great Falls, Montana. And it's the cornerstone of the state park named after it. The springs generate 156 million gallons of water a day, which flow a very short distance past a fish hatchery into the mighty Missouri River. Here's your question. What's the name of this spring? If you know the answer, just go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio and give us your answer there. 
If you don't do Facebook, no worries. I get it. Just shoot us an email through our website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let us know the name of these springs that are one of the largest freshwater springs in the entire nation and located in Great Falls, Montana. One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from our friends at Sportsman's Warehouse. We've got to wrap this show up, but again, be sure to drop by our Northwestern Outdoors radio booth. It'll be booth number 369 this coming week, Wednesday through Sunday, at the Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup. Say hello, chat for a while, and don't forget to enter for your free chance to win a Golden Boy 22 caliber lever action rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. One showgoer is going to win that rifle. And with that, I will say this. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. Outdoors.